The Lord be with you. And also with you. God has gone up with a shout. The Lord with the sound of the trumpet. Alleluia. Beloved, we welcome you to this service of ordered worship. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered in the praise of God for our gathered congregation here at Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe. On this first Sunday of the month, as is our custom, we welcome all of whatever age, station, or background to participate in the Sacrament of Holy Communion. Those listening on the radio may request communion in the home by calling the chapel office. On this first Sunday, we commend to you the ministry of the chapel and its programmatic offerings, sermonic offerings, and other found on our website. On this Sunday, we invite those so moved to identify as members of the chapel chapter simply by speaking with our director of hospitality, Ms. Rachel Cape, or one of the clergy, or by so marking our red book. On this Sunday, we encourage all to continue or to commence the practice of tithing, of dis disciplined generosity, and to indicate interest in giving to our chapel director, Ray Bouchard, by email, phone, or voice. And on this first Sunday, we ask you to ask yourself what form your ministry here will take in the coming weeks and months. A community luncheon follows worship downstairs, and all are warmly invited. This Ascension Sunday is indeed the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
May we pray together. Almighty God, whose blessed Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, ascended far above all heavens, that he might fill all things, mercifully give us faith to perceive that, according to his promise, he abides with his church on earth, even to the end of the ages, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, in glory everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from St. Paul's Epistle to the Ephesians, chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all saints, and for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe according to the working of his great power. God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Please join me in saying verses from Psalm 47 with the antiphon. with loud songs of joy. For the Lord is most high, is awesome, a great king over all the earth. He subdued peoples under us and nations under our feet. He chose our heritage for joy, the pride of Jacob, whom he loves. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of the trumpet. Sing praises to God, sing praises, Sing praises to our King. Sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing praises with a psalm. God is King over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. The princes of the people gather as the people of the God of Abraham. For shields of the earth belong to God. He is highly exalted. for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Luke, chapter 24, verses 44 through 53. Glory to you, O Lord. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms, must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things, and see, I am sending upon you what my Father promised. So stay here in the city, until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. 
And while he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple, blessing God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In a moment, we shall again stand together to proclaim the mystery of faith. We shall offer a great thanksgiving. Responsively, we shall offer the Lord's presence to one another. Responsively, we shall encourage one another to lift our hearts to the Lord. Responsively, we shall recall the right goodness, the good righteousness of great thanksgiving. Friends, we are rooted and grounded in a history of joyful blessing. Our Lord's ascent, A-S-C-E-N-T, invites our ascent, A-S-S-E-N-T. That is, the gospel today is rooted and grounded in a history of joyful blessing, even as it is read and spoken in order to root us and ground us in love. St. Luke, the author of the reading for today, has every intention of bonding us to the long parade of women and men who lived with happy hearts in joyful blessing and great thanksgiving. Our Sunday service of ordered worship has its own deep roots in the past, carrying us in memory all the way back into the first century. You come from people who were thankful people, joyfully praising God. And they give us a clear example, these earlier witnesses, of a balanced faith, a faith honest to God about sin and death and meaninglessness, but also a faith confident, joyful, and thankful in life. Luke ends his first book, The Gospel, as he starts his second, The Acts, with a hymn to ascent. Now we may pause a moment to be grateful for the form of Luke's message. He does believe in doing things decently and in order. Luke provides by his own assessment an orderly account. It is his view that the words of the Old Testament in Law and Prophets and Psalms, when written of the Christ, are fulfilled in an orderly account of the life of Christ. It is Luke's further view that Christ opens minds to understand scripture. Luke makes plain the prediction embedded in a right reading of inherited scripture of cross, resurrection, repentance, forgiveness, and the preaching of all the above. It is Luke's understanding that disciples are thus witnesses of all these things. They will be blessed as they bear witness. We will be blessed as we bear witness. You will be blessed as you bear witness. His ascent invites your ascent. Luke's gospel ends with our reading today an orderly ending to a well-ordered gospel. Jesus blesses and leaves. The disciples give thanks and stay. Some of the ancient manuscripts that we have of this passage say simply, he blessed them and parted from them. Others read, he blessed them and parted from them and was carried up into heaven. It is not clear, at least to this interpreter, which reading is stronger, 
which more probably original. Yet it is significant, at least to this interpreter, to see and know that more than one version of this passage exists. The addition, if it was a later addition, of he was carried up into heaven makes this passage a suitable and qualified ascension passage unmistakably congruent to the account in Acts 1. Luke's penchant for the orderly may have inspired a follower of his to do likewise and clean up one aspect of the conclusion to the gospel. To Luke it mattered to put things in order to get things right and his spiritual descendants may have had the same passion. The true desire to get things right reveals, makes naked, a sense of joyful blessing, a passion for true goodness, good beauty, beautiful truth in life, work, politics, music, art, architecture, religion, hospitality, and friendship reveals unclothes such a spirit. We are thankful for Luke's orderly account. We may be a bit mystified by the mythic account of ascension. We may be less than certain of the meaning of such symbolic imagery in our time. But we can be utterly confident about the effect of ascension on our forebears and so on us. The religious consequence of Luke's conclusion to the gospel is an invitation to lead a new and a joyful life. Ascent, our ascent, follows ascent, the Lord's ascent. For all the dimness of creation, of the created order and the history within it, for all the trouble in life, in the gift of life and the history that comes with it, for all the fracture in body, in the body of Christ and the history that comes with it, still at ascension there is hope and promise and joy and life. Sometimes the gospel and we its very human interpreters need to shore up our sense of the way things have gone wrong. I suppose that Lent and perhaps Advent, too, are markedly important seasons for emphasis upon the fall, that is, the way creation has somehow been loosened from the divine grasp. Other times the gospel and we, its very human interpreters, need to shore up our sense of creation as God's goodness, God's creative act, in joyful thanksgiving for all that is right. Today is such a day. Eastertide and Ascension may be such times. Today, in the preaching of the gospel and the administration of the sacrament, this gospel is meant for this day. And it is such good news on such a bright, beautiful, sunny Sunday, June 1st, after what may simply be called a frightfully long winter past, an old-time religion winter past, which seems to have ended just about 45 minutes ago. Today, sun, brightness, warmth, light, color, growth, joyful blessing in ascension. 
Beloved, with you, I try to read the news and listen to the events of the day. And as you do, I try to overhear behind the immediate din of sounds and sound bites something of the heart of people and of our people. This long winter into spring, sometimes, I have overheard a pained and a painful sense of doubt about the possibilities in life. Maybe you have sensed, felt, thought so. A doubt that things can change very much. A doubt that anything new could ever emerge. A doubt that people can in fact repent and turn around. A doubt that systems so entrenched and contentious can ever be made orderly as Luke would want. A doubt that any of the older differences among us can ever be bridged. A doubt that any common expression of faith can ever be trusted. A doubt that any common faith or common ground or common hope can ever with authenticity emerge and survive. A doubt that giving and sacrifice, that minimizing one's own visibility or audibility for the sake of something bigger and someone else could ever be faithful or reasonable. A doubt that the general public could be trusted ever to shoulder some great, new, significant sacrifice. A doubt that anything I do or you do would ever make much of a difference. Beloved, when this cloud of doubt gets so thick that it eclipses both the sun and the moon, it is time to come to church on Sunday, on Ascension Sunday, and hear the Ascension Gospel. Such a thick cloud of doubt comes from a particular theological weather system in which the cold front of wrong has ch chased out the warm front of right, in which the low pressure of the fall has displaced the high pressure of creation, in which the radical postmodern apotheosis of difference has silenced the liberal late modern openness to shared experience, to promise and future to common faith, common ground, common hope, in which the creation is seen from the cavern of the fall, not the fall from the prairie of the creation. And this is a pastoral problem. It is not political conflict, but theological contrast. It is not a matter of church coloration or religious style. It is a matter of creation, of God's creation and the truth about creative goodness. Just how balanced is your view between your view of the balance between creation and fall? Our New Testament lessons are primary sources for the time, occasion, community, and condition in and for which they were first written. They are secondary sources at best for what may have come before. Luke 24 tells us about Luke first in a primary way, secondarily about what may have come 60 years before. Luke 24 shows us Luke and his community in joyful celebration of the mystery of the Lord's ascent. At his ascent, 
they do assent, perhaps following, in their case, decades of loss, displacement, and even martyrdom. Luke and his community, having lived through the long old-time religion winter of most of the first century and all its rigors, acclaimed a faith in a high divine goodness through it all. Others over time have done the same. Every year and more deeply as year follows year, at this time of year, I think of Winston Churchill and of John Wesley, these two Englishmen and their faithfulness in the month of May. These two Englishmen have something for us this Ascension Day, June 1st, 2014, after a long winter. Think of London in May 1940. Think of London in May 1738. Winston Churchill knew something, both of the fall and of the creation. And at the right moment, in May of 1940, the last days of May in 1940, Winston Churchill faced down the more polished, better healed, more popular, and more experienced old Britons of his newly formed war cabinet and steadily led his country away from their desire to compromise with Adolf Hitler. With Belgium defeated, Churchill clung to a love of freedom. With France cut in two, Churchill clung to a love of freedom. With 400,000 men stranded at Dunkirk, an escape seemingly impossible, Churchill clung to a love of freedom. With the whole German Air Force poised to incinerate England's green and pleasant land, Churchill clung to a love of freedom. With Lord Halifax ready to seek terms and Lord Chamberlain ready to let him, Chamberlain clung, Churchill clung to a love of freedom. Reread this summer John Lukacs' Five Days in London, May 1940. He concludes, Churchill and Britain could not have won the Second World War. In the end, America and Russia did. But in May of 1940, Churchill alone was the one who did not lose it. Ascension faith is about love of freedom. And in the Lord's ascent, we find an invitation to courage in the moment, in real time, in history, for our own ascent. John Wesley also knew something, both of fall and of creation. At midlife, one enchanting night in May of 1738, John Wesley heard something said in church that warmed his heart for good. May that be so for you this hour. He had been on Aldersgate Street that Sunday evening going to chapel service, more from duty than from passion, when he heard a preacher read Romans 8 and also Martin Luther's commentary on that passage. There is so some, something so fragrant, so full, about London in late May, in the springtime. And as Wesley left church, he felt something new, a freeing love in the heart, which is the creation and work of the Holy Spirit. Ascension faith is about freeing love. In the Lord's ascent, 
we find the courage for our own hourly, daily, weekly ascent to God's goodness. There are for sure a lot of things wrong, but there are also, and more surely still, a lot of things right. So hear the good news. The gospel concludes with joy. Luke chapter 24, verses 44 and following. You too are witnesses of the goodness of God, witnesses who come from a long line of people who joyfully bless and routinely give thanks. As Leander Keck wrote, faith is an event expressing the conviction that the things not yet seen are more real than those that can be seen. As you and as I and as we together walk toward our next adventure, and it may even be for some our own look over the River Jordan, it is this sense of joyful blessing, joyful blessing at ascension, which carries us. That is, the communion homily offered today is an altar call for you. And the path toward the communion rail is our own sawdust trail. And I propose that you come to communion in this hour, ready to accept the gift of faith and to give assent in the hour of memory of the dominical ascent. So come to experience freeing love. So come to receive a love of freedom. So come to give thanks for the freedom to love. Such is the gift of ascent upon this Lord's day. So come on the feast of the Lord's ascent, ready and willing, joyful and happy to ascent to a new life of faith, a new life of hope, a new life of love. Amen.
Please be seated. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Good morning. We welcome you to Marsh Chapel this sunny summer morning, and we hope that wherever you are on your faith journey in life, that you find a home within these sacred, beautiful walls, or within the music and words that you hear on the radio and the podcast. We would love to get to know you more and help you get to know one another. And a great way of doing that is by just filling out your name and contact information in the red books towards the center aisle of your pew. So feel free to pass those along for us. Today, after worship, there'll be a luncheon in the lower level of Marsh Chapel. You're all welcome. Please come join us for feast and fellowship. Our summer preacher series, The Gospel and Young Adulthood, starts June 22nd with Reverend Dr. Robin Olson as our guest preacher. As we move into a summertime, we're thinking of you at Marsh Chapel while you're on your travels and praying for your safe travel. But we hope also that you'll listen to us on the radio or on podcasts and stay connected in any way you can. Today, communion is open to all, as always in Marsh Chapel. There'll be wine on the pulpit side, grape juice on the lectern side, and there are gluten-free wafers available to those who need. Now, as we call the ushers forward, may we remember that it is a grace and a joy to give. Please, won't you be as generous as you are able.
for the work before us, for the life within us, for the fellowship among us, for thy love that surrounds us. We give thee thanks, O Lord. Bless these gifts and the givers, we pray. Amen. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Let us pray. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you always. And also with you. Let us exchange signs and words of God's peace. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, brought us to a land flowing with milk and honey, and set before us the way of life. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. By your great mercy, we have been born anew to a living hope through the resurrection of your Son from the dead and to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Once we were no people, but now we are your people declaring your wonderful deeds in Christ, who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, 
This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. On the day you raised him from the dead, he was recognized by his disciples in the breaking of the bread. And in the power of your Holy Spirit, your church has continued in the breaking of the bread and the sharing of the cup. And so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. prepared, the table is open. Come as you are ready.
Let us pray together. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. beloved, so that you may be and continue to be a benediction, a good word for those around you. It is our custom following the postlude at the end of the service, as you are so moved to greet someone whose name you do not fully know, or you may have heard before with the words, I'm sorry, I forgot your name, would you please help me? Especially today, we welcome a couple who are here in the front pew who were married 40 years ago today in Marsh Chapel. That's not an advertisement for the chapel. 
especially we welcome them and their families. May the sun show warm and bright on you, your darkest night a star shine through, your dullest morn a radiance brew, and when dusk comes, God's hand to you. The blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be and abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen.